You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. We always love catching up with Gus Cattengill from New Orleans. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Gus, what's up this morning? How you doing, bud? How you doing, man? I can't complain. Got a number of things we wanted to touch base with you. Let's start with a couple of the headlines, that being Anthony Davis finishing, what, third in the MVP voting? Mm-hmm. Progress being made with Anthony Davis, I guess. No no doubt. You know, it was interesting yesterday on our show, I, I went on a little, not a rant, but just kind of like a, if you're a Pels fan, you have to be happy about this. I mean, it's one thing for the fan base or people I'd cover the team to say, this guy's an MVP candidate, things of that nature. Here's the facts. Chris Paul was the last time that somebody that played in New Orleans was considered, uh, you know, for the MVP. And he came up runner-up to Kobe Bryant that year. And really, it was it was so close that you go to a meeting, if you remember, I want to say it was the last week or two of the season at L.A., and Kobe and the Lakers hammered the Hornets, and I think that kind of solidified the uh, the MVP for Kobe. But it was that close. And, you know, you go to the All-Star game, the first one that was here, um, you know, Chris Paul had it, and then LeBron went bananas. So it, it was it, – it's interesting when you take a look at all the different, you know, times that somebody from around here came close. But, you know, this is legit. I mean, the NBA started this recently, so, they, you know, they're doing their awards, and I – I, I like it. I like the here are the three finalists. You know, a lot of people yesterday uh, around the country I heard saying it hey, should be sooner because a lot of people see it after the playoffs. And you know, would Harden be the MVP when you look at the two playoff series that he did? And you know, and I get that. So it, it's a regular season award, but look, it, it's the week right after. It's just you know four days after the draft. It was Thursday, so I understand why to do it and. Look, it's to it's to get programming and, and kind of celebrate the season. So I'm okay with it. But to AD's point, like you're saying, Aaron, he, he's a legit MVP candidate. And the two guys that he's with have accomplished more. That's not, you know, ripping AD. That's not – but they're at different places. And AD needs to take the next step to get that. It was a step this season in order to be considered an MVP, legitimately, right? Like, up until this year, Aaron, nationally were people saying he's an MVP. This year, he was a finalist. So, yes, there's a lot more people, writers, you know, that that made the votes, the league got him into this. He's a legit MVP candidate now. So that next step's been taken. Now the next step that has to be taken is one that's very difficult. And... Only very few people can do, man. And he has that ability to do it, though. And I, I go back to um, a, a bite someone was saying on ESPN. I can't think of the top of my head, but um, Tim Legler. And I probably told you this already, too. It was during the playoffs. And he was referring to um, the Raptors, okay, and, and their backcourt and what happened to them. And he's like, look, you know, you got guys that in the regular season make plays and they're, and they're fantastic, and then you get to the playoffs. And in that first round, you have to take your game to another level. And then out of that group, you have the guys that take their game to a championship level. And that championship level is 
you are double, triple teamed. Everyone knows you're getting the ball out, out the, the timeout and the inbound, and you're still scoring. And that's where AD needs to get to. So Toronto didn't have that. You know, he went through the list. He's like, look, they're not LeBrons. They're not what you're seeing with Durant and Steph Curry. Those guys took their game to another level. You saw it, right? The Warriors didn't play anything like that most of the season. They get to the Pell series. My goodness gracious, they could miss. They, they looked amazing. So you saw them take their game to another level. AD, he went up a notch, right, from the regular season to that Blazers here. Drew Holiday. They, they went up a notch. What you saw against Portland, they went up a notch. Now, the series after that, and I get it, I'm talking about the defending champs. Everyone has trouble against them, but AD got taken out. You, you can't do that. So teams are going to try to get him out. It's like teams try to get LeBron out, but, again, that's why he's one of the greatest. It's not easy. It's not something that's a given. Um, you know, I mean, you saw a player, great players, man, from Patrick Ewing to stuff like that, that Charles Barkley had great seasons got to a, a chance just couldn't get to that next level it, it's not so it's not a given but I think he can do it because I think he can get better he can get stronger he can be more aggressive I think a lot of what AD needs to do next is just tech, take that next level of mentality you heard him talk about it this year with Rachel Nichols in the playoff series um, that he you know he wanted to be more of a leader kind of getting people's faces and challenge him keep holding people accountable starting with yourself, and then you've got to take that game to the next level mentally. You've got to fit and go. You can double like You can't allow Draymond Green to take you out. You can't allow Rudy Gobert. He's, he, he has some kryptonite right now in the league. And, you know, he lost the Defensive Player of the Year award yesterday to Rudy Gobert. But when you watch them play, the Jazz are a terrible matchup for the Pels. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. But when you see them play, AD has trouble against them. Minnesota, he, he's got some guys – in the league, Joel Embiid with the Sixers, that kind of take him out the game because they're more physical. So I think it's a mental thing. I think he's strong enough to do that. But there's still another level to his game I think he can go. But if you're a Pels fan, you have a legit MVP candidate. You have a legit Defensive Player of the Year candidate. And you know who, uh, who got both of those in the past? Michael Jordan. I'm not saying he's MJ, but that's, that's why MJ was good, man. He was a defensive player of the year, and he was also an MVP in seasons. And that's, that's what's so important about him. But um, he's going to be, I think, considered top three for a while, Aaron, because no one is asked as much offensively and defensively as he is on both ends of the court and as, as important to this team. I mean, LeBron might be the only other guy I can think of. I mean, no one says Harden plays defense, right? So, but offensive and defensively, AD means a ton to this team. Mm. NFL Network unveiled the top 100 players chosen by the players. The the rankings are in. Drew Brees coming in at number eight. What do you make of that, Gus? We we put him at like six or seven yesterday. We knew he was going to be in the top ten. Um what I always find funny is once that comes out, people are going bananas and, you know, Rodgers is Ted. Because, you know, Rodgers was higher last year. And I'm like, man, I'm getting a lot of reports and hearing, you know, not I'm getting, but you're seeing a lot of stuff about Aaron Rodgers could be an MVP this year and watch out for the Packers and everything. And I'm like, is he overrated or not? And then you realize the Packers up until last year went to the playoffs eight straight years. And I'm trying to think of, like, honestly, legitimately, who are you – trading for at the receiver or running back position during those eight years. You know, I mean, so he hadn't had a ton of talent around him, but he's gotten them through the postseason. Now, you know, the, 
the critics will say, great, he got an MVP, and all that's the easiest division in football, and he only has one Super Bowl. But, man, if you start acting like that, then you can pick apart anything, right? I mean, you can pick apart anybody. So, uh, Jake was picking apart that Carson Wentz was three overall. Yeah, but, again, you know, here's the thing, that it's last year, because that's the point I'm trying to get to. Mm. I think people look at it and go, well, look, there's no – stop. No, no, they're not judging Drew Brees that he might break Peyton Manning's all-time mark in yards by week five. That It's not a lifetime achievement, top ten. It's heading into the season who are the top 100 players. And, you know, I looked at it last year, and I'm like, if you watched football and you watched that team play, he is the MVP. It's not even close. He is the MVP a year ago in Carson Wentz. And I get it. Again, let's go to the critics, right, the other side. Well, Nick Foles won it. Okay, you're right. He's not a bum backup. I mean, you remember the last time the Saints were in the postseason before last year was, you know, 13, and they faced Nick Foles, who had a great year that year. So you're talking about a guy that was a starter, was a very good starter a couple years back, and took his team to the playoffs. He's not a bum. And it's remember when I would come on Tuesdays, I'd tell you, remember I said I was shocked that this team was the underdog in every playoff game. I'm like, dude, they, they were rolling until Wentz's injury. They were rolling. They were a good team. The offensive scheme is not built around anybody. Remember, I asked you, Aaron, who do you stop for Philly? Who do you stop? Who's the guy you have to take out? We couldn't come up with names, you know? And they had a pretty decent defense around it. But the the heart and soul and the 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 just the energy of what that team has made up is Carson Wentz. If you watch that team, the guy scrambles, takes hits, doesn't go out of bounds, doesn't slide or take a knee. Maybe that's why he got hurt and ripped up his knee. But he is every bit what Philadelphia needed to, to kind of rebuild their their football program and you know eventually win the Super Bowl here. But, look, I get it. Somebody else won the Super Bowl with them. But um, they're, they're, Carson Wentz is good. So, stop <laughs> if you watched him his rookie year, he tailed off towards the end. That team got some injuries. It wasn't very good. But his rookie season, you could watch a, a series and go, this guy's good. From his leadership to the throws he can make, he can be elusive and get out the pocket. That is a very good quarterback. And I'd have a hard time saying that he's not better in, again, going into this season seen it hey we may see it in the playoffs this year but look the guy can make all the throws he's absolutely a team leader and if you're the problem right now and i think it's hard for people to look at is you look at the body of work when it comes to drew Brees too now should you consider that going into it sure i get it but it ought to tell you the impression he made because remember the writers aren't putting this top 10 it's players so what kind of impression did he put on players that he's number three well, the other one that made quite an impression in his rookie season, Alvin Kamara, for him to yeah. be ranked number 20 by yeah. his, his peers, uh, pretty impressive for the Saints running back. Absolutely. And, you know, what's crazy is, like I said, I think when you take a look at it next year, uh, 82 and 81 with Lattimore and Michael Thomas, you got to imagine they double next year, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking the Saints will have at least five or six again um, in the top you know, 50, and I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see a guy like a Ryan Ramchek in his second year, if he plays every game like he did his rookie year, 
Uh, he's going to take notice. Now, a lot of people think he's sexy or, you know, he's not. It's a, it's a tackle position, but it's one of the, the bigger positions on that offensive line. And it's one of the reasons I think it, this offense is going to – look, it's going to be amazing to see this offense. You have weapons left and right. You have options left and right. And to me, I was asked this question last week, what player out of those rookies, out of that rookie class, will, you know, take a step back, stay the same, or, you know, get better? And I had a hard time answering that question and seeing anybody really taking a step back only because of their makeup and only because of what we saw in five practices, which I know is a small window, but – Dude, when you hear Alvin Kamara say he got faster, that he got his hips looser, that he started to run routes better and understanding the plays better, knowing the conception of the plays and where he needs to go, studying more defensive players and, and their tendencies and um, just working on running his, uh, his running lanes better and following. I'm like, so you got better, and you're saying you got faster. Okay. <laughs> it's like... I, I and and he's going to get opportunities in those first four games. He just is, and you know I, I get it. I, I think it makes sense to have people go, but the wear and tear. I'm like, you know, I, and I, I said this to you already. It reminds me of it can be sort of Marshall Falk 2.0 in that I, I remember when he, they were at their peak. You could never get a good lick on their receivers. You could never get a good lick on Marshall Falk. He just knew how to use his body, how to get out of bounds, go down, not take the full brunt of the hit. And I'd ask you listeners to go to NFL Network. You can click on Kamara's you know, video. It's a minute, 30 seconds. It's not long. Um, and it's other defensive players talking about him and what makes him so good. And I want to say it's the Buccaneers linebacker, the, the Vontae David, who, who says um, something that stood out to me that I didn't notice until I started seeing the highlights when he said it. He said his number one uh, attribute is he goes limp. Is most guys get bowed up, go hard, you know, flex right before contact comes. He goes, so you're going in as hard as you can, flex stuff to hit him. And he's like a child. If you've ever picked up a kid and don't want to be picked up, what happens, Aaron? They, they, they like, they're like rubber, right? Carver did that to me just a little bit ago. You try to pick him up when, when he lets you. Boom, your, your hands, right, your thumb and your fingers go right underneath his armpit. you got something solid. And then when he goes rubber boy, <laughs> your hands go right through his arms and he, he slips right out. You know what I'm talking about? When he goes limp like that. Well, he's like, that's what he does. And he, does it, he, he says it, he does that right when you make the contact. Or he'll dip a shoulder to where your, your arm, when you're trying to tackle him, will just go right off. There's no contact. And sure enough, as he's saying that, they're showing four or five plays. Well, he's absolutely right. You see him, and you see his arms all flex. He's holding the ball. And right when the ball is about to make contact, all of a sudden that he still has definition, but the definition in his arm isn't as great. He, he lets up tension. And, and, and the helmet just glances right off, and he dips his right shoulder, and he's still in stride. He never, no, there was no contact made that could knock him off. So you add that, you add the balance, and then you add a guy that just said he got faster, he got stronger. Um, he said he put on muscle, but he's still at the same playing weight. It, dude, I just I, – look, I'll, I said this already to you. I think he's an MVP candidate. It would not shock me if he's in the top ten next year. I just – I don't see how increased touches, more weapons, a better defense to give the offense 
more drives and possessions doesn't equate into bigger numbers for Alvin Kamara. I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, the only thing that can happen is obviously he's not on the field. So if he's on the field and he can avoid that bug, I, I don't see how he can't succeed because I, I just think he's, he, he's special, man. I'm telling you he's special. I like that. Rubber boy for MVP. We should yep. start that campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to hear more. Gus, where can we hear you? Noon to 3, ESPN New Orleans. Uh, tune in radio app. It's absolutely free. You can always tweet at us. We're always putting up some silly polls and stuff throughout the day. Please follow at ESPN Radio NOLA or at GCAT underscore 17 because uh, it's a it's an atrocity, dude. Uh, Brian and Oleese, who comes on on Tuesdays, um, he'd be a good guest, man, if you ever want him on, Aaron. He loves to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, a ton, but he has more followers than me on Twitter. I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know, he just goes out there and puts out silly stuff like Breeze or Rogers, who's better go, and, and, and apparently that gets people to tweet. So I mean, nobody's good though. You should have him on. But point is, he has more. So we're having a Twitter battle right now to see who can get more followers. Because I, yes, I do. I, I, I'm like Sean Fox. It, it bothers me. I, I, I don't know how he has more followers than me. I'm blue check verified. I should have more followers. So please follow me. <laughs> we'll do. Thanks, guys. Thank Have a great you. week. Bye. Are you verified, Jake? No. And how do you go about doing that? <clears throat> you gotta like send in. You gotta really care. Yeah, you gotta really care. To, it's too much work for me. I don't. I don't care that much. All right. I, I want to point something out because this is my issue with the NFL Top 100. All right. You can't have it both ways. It can't be both um, 2017 and what we're projecting for 2018, which is kind of the argument. That was being made. It's and titled the top 100 players of 2018. Yeah, but but then you're talking, you're trying to throw in that 2017 argument. Anyway, if it's actually who you think is going to be the top players of 2018, you think Carson Wentz is better than Aaron Rodgers? No. Okay. That's it. That's the end of the conversation right there. A healthy Aaron Rodgers is as good as it gets. Exactly. And what happened last year when Aaron Rodgers was gone? Uh, they went from four and one to I forgot yeah. what they finished seven and nine I believe yeah uh, we get into this in our four downs coming up next Jimmy Garoppolo versus Cam Newton they got Newton at twenty five Garoppolo at ninety ninety who would you rather have who has the better year eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two we're back after this coming up at eight thirty we'll catch up with Lincoln Prep head coach Antonio Hudson of course former LSU Tiger we'll talk some basketball coming up the bottom of the hour, but we zoom our four downs, Jake, and our first down question, which literally we did a whole segment on. Yeah, uh, was which player would you like to play with from high school in a high school video game? Which athlete have you watched or covered? Uh, I think we were both were saying Kabonte Turpin. Uh, Randall Mackey would probably be somewhere in there also. Ruben Marche Green. Marche Green, Charles Scott, John Diaz, Robert Lane, Richard Murphy. So, a number of them. Yeah. <laughs> We could do a top 20. It was supposed to be uh, a top 10 Thursday. It was supposed to be one, but you know how Aaron cheats. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, the Bucks won't have Jameis Winston for the first three games of the season. Pitch us the top three irreplaceable players in the NFL. All right. I think you have to start at quarterback, and I think you have to start down in New Orleans. And you're shaking your head. No, 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 no. I agree because this turned out to be – a, a pretty lame question yeah. because I wanted to do some defenders. I wanted to do some other players, but the more I looked into it, the more I kept like trying to take a player off of a roster. 
Like, for instance, uh, you know, you take Aaron Donald away from the Rams. Yeah. They still have a good defensive line. They mm -hmm. still have a really good offense that can carry the weight. And you could do the same for the Eagles, like with somebody like Fletcher Cox, or, you know, you can pick a number of Eagle defenders. All right, what about the Steelers? You can take uh, Brown or Bell away. That's a, that's a, that's an argument that you can have, but I was basically talking about defenders there. But I ultimately get back to the quarterback, though. And you go back to New Orleans. I go back to New Orleans with the Saints. I go with Tom Brady. Now, typically, I think you could have went away from Brady, but because they don't have Garoppolo, usually they have a strong backup. Ryan Hoyer, you're not a believer in him? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, he, I think with the 49ers, didn't he start the first six games when they started 0-6? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I rest my case. No, but uh, I, I have Brady back in there, and I also have – Aaron Rodgers, just because we saw that last year. Well, this is no fun. We're going to agree. All three of those, yeah. we had the same. Uh, they got Deshaun Kaiser said, now, though, don't they? And uh, Hunley. Well, see, I when I made this lit, when I made these questions, I thought it would be compelling, and then I started doing my answers. I was like, man, I can't. I really just can't realistically put anybody besides those three. Yeah. So Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers. Yeah. So that was a lame question. We'll we'll move on. I failed you there. <laughs> All right. Here's a good one. Uh, Second down, take last year's college football teams out of the conversation. Which team has the best chance to win the national championship this year? This was a little bit harder than I thought it would Well, be. first of all, you're excluding Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Oklahoma. They are not in this conversation. So I guess you have to go somewhere in the Big Ten. Then. You'd have to go either Ohio State, Penn State. Penn State would be a tough sell, though, with what they're losing. And then Michigan. Where Michigan. I'll throw Michigan in there. I know, that was my pick. Well, I know because you look at Michigan, though, and what they haven't done. And, and you know, Harbaugh's done some good things since taking over. But still, they haven't got over the hump. Now with a quarterback, now with Shea Patterson, do they get over the so, hump? So, I'll say this. I almost went with Washington. But that first game against Auburn scares me. And I don't think a one-loss Pac-12 team gets in. Because the Pac-12 is going to be really down this year. So that's why I went with Michigan. I think they can afford a loss, maybe even two losses, and still work their way back into it. They returned most of their pieces on defense. Uh, by the way, last year's defense was third best in the nation, and they returned most of those guys. Then you look at the offense. They add Shea Patterson to an offense that simply could not throw the football last year. If you look at the stats, in just seven starts, Patterson threw for more yards and touchdowns than Michigan did in the entire season. Okay, so I really do love this team with the addition of Patterson. I think uh, if they can simplify the offense a bit, I expect them to win enough to make it to the college ball. All right, well, here's a great uh, article here. SB Nation did uh, returning starting players. What percentage is coming back? Michigan has 74% of their offensive production coming back. The ranks 42nd in the country. Defensive side of the ball, 83%, mm. uh, which gets them 15th, 13th overall. You're wondering who has the most returning players back in terms of production? Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan. 92% of their offense is coming back, 82% of a 92% defense. That gets them at number one. Maybe you could take a flyer. Maybe you could take Kansas at number two. <laughs> That's what's tough about picking a Big Ten team, though, because they are a, it is a really tough conference, especially that division. It's just so tough. Plus, you got to worry about Wisconsin on the other side. Uh, in this study that goes back with uh, production coming back, in case you're curious, ULM at number 15 overall, they projected 86% uh, of the Warhawks' offense 
is returning and 79% of the defense coming back. Now, some would say 79% of that defense may not actually be a positive. Yeah, but what was it, 86% of the offense? Yeah. An offense that was 25th in the nation last year. Yeah. There's uh, reason to be excited if you're a Warhol fan. On the same study, uh, Louisiana Tech comes in at number 26 with 73% of its offense coming back and 76% of its defense. LSU. And the on down the list, huh? Yeah, this is a little staggering for LSU. With production coming back, LSU comes in at 122nd in the country. Offensively, you can see it there. Darius guys. You take away at least uh, 12 touchdown passes. Chart. Yeah. <laughs> Darryl 30, Williams. 39% of uh, LSU's offense coming back. 57% of its defensive production. Devin White, though, his gaudy number. Mm-hmm. And greedy. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, let's get the fourth down real quick. You did not like this study. No, I, I've talked about this before, Aaron. Anyway, who has the better 2018? Jimmy G or Cam Newton? I actually thought Garoppolo's numbers last year were better than they were. Go and back I, and look, and uh, just seven touchdowns, five, five interceptions. Uh-huh. But Newton's numbers were uh, really bad. Uh, 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. In fact, we think of that huge year he had in 2015 when he had a 35 and 10, but that was basically just, that's not his track record. He lost a lot of those playmakers on the outside and beside him. And, and, you know, people are still hoping that McCaffrey can, you know, evolve and become that big time threat that he needs. But for me, I I went back and forth, but I think I'm going to settle with Jimmy G. You're going to call me crazy uh, after you read those numbers. 12 career touchdowns. But, I mean, you saw what the offense could do with him leading it last year, and I think the difference maker will be Kyle Shanahan as his coach. He's an offensive guy, and and we, we saw what happened with Jared Goff when he had an offensive coach, offensive minded coach in his ear. It helped him tremendously. I think Grapple is going to have a great year this year, and I think his numbers will actually be better than Cam's. Ooh, I agree. Plus, you didn't want to take Cam, of, you didn't want to take Cam Newton. A lot of agreeing on this on these four downs. I think we agreed on every single thing. Look at Cam Newton's numbers: twenty-two and sixteen last year. The year before in two thousand sixteen, nineteen and fourteen. Those are two subpar years back to back years. Got to get back to two thousand fifteen. Four downs on this Tuesday morning. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll talk a little hoops on the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Welcome back to the morning drive. You want to talk a little uh, hoops, Jake Martin? Always. Uh, from Lincoln Prep, head coach Antonio Hudson joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Antonio, how you doing this morning, bud? Man, I'm good. How about yourself? Good. I want to pick your brain on a number of things. I wanted to start with some uh, recruiting because uh, you got a kid that is uh, really blowing up in front of our eyes in uh, Chance Robinson. What has this summer been like for him and yourself? Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, he's played his tail off everywhere he went. Uh, like I said before, he's also grown as a young man. And when you decide to grow as a young man and start to do things the right way, you know, the blessings have become the overflow. And that's kind of what it is. And right now, it's just kind of crazy. It's just different from me being on the other side of it. You know, once when I played, I was on the player side of it. And now I'm on the coaching side. So I have to be able to try to protect my player along with making sure that he still gets the opportunities that he deserves. 
I guess it's safe to say when you came out of a uh, Grambling Lab in what uh, 2001, 2002, <laughs> things have changed a little bit with the recruiting. Yeah, man, it's it's a whole lot different. Uh, when I came through, every coach had to talk to Coach Lyons first. Uh, we, you know, it don't seem that long ago. I'm not that old, so uh, when when I came through, we didn't have the social media, the cell phone devices, and all that stuff, all that technology stuff now. And what's happening now is that the coaches and recruiters and, you know, rating companies, all these different people are able to contact them directly. And so, you know, it's kind of tough to be able to monitor who all is contacting them and making sure that they have his best interest at heart. Antonio, you were a three-time All-State player, though, at Grambling Lab, and everybody looks back at the high school career and seasons as the defining point. Has that point changed now with the recruiting, and now a lot of it depends on what these guys are doing in summer ball and AAU competing head-to-head against some of the nation's best? Uh, Well, when I came through, you know, AAU was big time then also, but what has changed is just the dynamic. Uh, When I came through, it was just one big circuit. You know, Nike played against Nike, I mean, against Adidas and Reebok, and, you know, all the major shoe companies, all the major sponsors deals. But now they're all separate. You know, Under Armour has their their circuit. Nike has their circuit. Uh, Adidas has their circuit. So, you know, I think more, and I think now what's happening more is that they're taking too much pride in the AU and not seeing where these kids are playing, you know, five to six months out of the year versus to you seeing them only three to four times during the live period. Uh, and Robinson, uh, what kind of looks is he getting and who are you guys hearing from right now? Oh, man, we're pretty much hearing from all the schools in the state. We, we're hearing from LSU, Tulane, UL. Um, we're hearing from Grambling and Tech, of course. Uh, he's actually been to an unofficial at Baylor. He's been to unofficial at TCU. He has an unofficial schedule at Houston, also at LSU. Uh, Iowa State has been in the gym. Uh, it's just kind of been kind of crazy. And what's happening is, like I told him, you know, it didn't get that crazy for me until, you know, like my junior year. This is actually taking place after his sophomore year. Yeah. And that also is, a, um, you know, just kind of what technology has done. You know, um, with the, I know y'all sure, I know, I know y'all have heard of Huddle. So we yeah. actually, we're able to put our kids' highlights and stuff on Huddle. So teams and coaches get to see them before they actually get to see them, if that makes sense. Uh, right now, he's projected as the second best junior in the state. How has his game progressed over just the past year? Uh, one of the main things that that I'm proud of him and what he's doing is he he's starting to trust his teammates. Uh, when he came in, he actually came in under Tyler Dean and Caleb Williams, who were great players in their right, you know, and and just honestly, they never were seen on that type of AAU circuit. So he learned from them. And then now this past year, he didn't trust his teammates as well. Well, he has a great supporting cast. You know, uh, Trayon Ford, who's a lights-out shooter for us. Uh, Isaiah Gray, uh, who, who plays around the basket, plays multiple positions for us. So, you know, he has he has a supporting cast, and he's beginning to trust them. So this summer, that's what I've just kind of been focusing on when we play. You know, of course, I want him to get, get better individually, but I also want to make sure – that he learns to trust his teammates so we can take this thing to the next level. Hmm. Lincoln Prep head coach Antonio Hudson joins us on the Stuart Shelby hotline. Coach, when I talk to the college coaches around this area, they, they talk about 
recruiting or high school recruiting, it has not been uh, very good in the last couple of years. We haven't had those marquee players. Why do you think that is? I don't think that we haven't had the marquee players. Uh, and I honestly think that they just hadn't been seen. Uh, you know, uh, just for example, we have a kid from Russian High New Living Word, Amari, that, that signed with Pacific this, some, this, this past year, Takeem Anderson. Uh, he was going to Magnese. Uh, uh, I had a kid about three, four years ago, Devontae Turner, who's at St. Peter's in, in New York. But none of those kids were on that big-time AAU circuit. So I don't think that I don't think that we didn't have the talent. I just think that they wasn't able to be seen. Mm-hmm. Well, well, how how can that change? What can we do to make sure that they are seen? And of course, they're getting the looks that they should be getting. Well, for one, you know, we we, we the the AAU market has to get better in North Louisiana. Coach Steers over at Shreveport with Paul uh, Paul Mills has select is doing a great job. But he's also losing some of the talent to down south. For example, my kid, uh, he plays with Under Armour Elite out of Baton Rouge. But uh, when we came through, all the talent was going to play for Theus, and then we was able to go compete around the country. So now on 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 the on the flip side of that, with Theus's program, you know we have he has to be able to get back into those big time circuits. And, you know, just being honest, in order to get in those big-time circuits, you got to have a player. So I feel like if we somehow or another come together and maybe try to help out that team and keep our talent up north, up north, you know. But at the end of the day, it's really all about the kids being seen. So whatever the best opportunity for them. And then, of course, you look at Malika Wilson over at Rayville, your kid, of course, and the Jonesboro Hodge kid. Uh, there's a number of yeah. kids coming through in the next couple of years has the potential to be pretty special in this area. Right. Antonio, a right. lot of people don't realize this, but you finished your career at LSU uh, all-time, 24th overall in terms of LSU scoring. You look at what LSU is right. doing now, how impressed are you with the job that Will Wade is doing recruiting? Uh, I'm very impressed. I, I think we've talked before, and I met Coach Wade personally, and he's a great guy. And I think his mindset and his vision for what he wants LSU basketball to be is phenomenal. So uh, with that being said, you know, you you go out and recruit the type of talent or recruit the type of kids that you feel uh, is worthy of playing for you. So why not go try to recruit the best in the country? Why not? We're not just going to settle for just who people think should play at LSU. So you can see, uh, especially with signing Devontae Smart, that's a big sign. Uh, the kid from New Jersey, you know, those are big-time players that normally the big dogs in college basketball would get, but they decided to take their talents or, you know, decided to come play at the Louisiana State University, as I call it. Mm. Uh, being <laughs> a former All-SEC tournament player for LSU, could you envision a day where Tigers basketball is huge, and I don't think it'll ever take over football and be the king down there, but certainly <laughs> the, the recognition and support that uh, others have probably in the SEC? Uh, yes, I do. I mean, because we were there. Uh, the year after I left, uh, when they made that Final Four run, even the following year, the, the energy, the, the expectations for basketball was high in Baton Rouge. And, you know, I, I know for the type of fans that we have, if you bring the type of product that they want and what they expect, you know, it, it's, it's easy to fill, fill out the P-Max. You know, because I played there in front of, you know, big crowds when we beat Arizona, that was number one. Uh, when we played Kentucky, 
who was number three in the country. You know, I've I've been there when the when the fans and the support, and once the PMAC get people in there, it's it's a lovely place. Antonio, do you ever have to pop out some of your old highlights just to show the guys that hey, back in the day you were the man? Uh, man, it was funny. One of my uh, one of my closest friends, he actually runs a website, and uh, he does. He's been doing specials on uh, you know former players in the area. He actually just did a special on Montez Carter, but he actually had some old footage of me. And so, you know, I look at myself in the mirror, and then I look at myself on film, and I had like that could not that could not be me. <laughs> and so the kids would sit there looking. They was like, Coach, Ed, you couldn't do that. I said, Yeah, one point in time in my life, I could. Yeah, but your game has evolved since then. When you are ready to play, yeah. you just go down low, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's that's part of you know being a great player. You know, you, as times change, you know, Michael Jordan didn't always have a fadeaway jumper. He, he was used to going by people, putting them in the rim. So the older I got, you know, I, I went from a two-guard to a power forward to now I'm a step-out center. You know, I can knock down the shot, but I also have to get get, get down there and get the rebounds time, time or two. Yeah. Good stuff, Antonio. We appreciate the time, but uh, good luck with the, the recruiting with your kid Chance Robinson. Pretty exciting times for him and your program. All right, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, man. You bet. Antonio Hudson. All right. stuff. Lincoln Prep head coach, former LSU Tiger. I know a lot of coaches who share sentiments about the talent hasn't dropped off. It's just the exposure. But I, I don't know how much, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everyone kind of has the same amount of exposure to a degree. If you can get out to tournaments, if you can play in these big tournaments, I think that's something that, you know, Ravel's doing more and more, and you're seeing guys like Malik and, and others start to get the, um, you know, get get noticed a little bit more because of that. But I don't know. I, I think we've had too many guys, in, at least in the last three or four years, they fall in where, they're, where you're being projected at the next level. They're a little bit of what they call tweeners. Right. They don't know where exactly they right. fit. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. But that's always something that's that's interesting that, you know, I, I think a lot of coaches do agree with him, though, that the talent really hasn't dropped off, that it's just the exposure. I don't know how, how much you can change that besides playing in these bigger tournaments where you know scouts will be. But um, it is something – it is a nice argument to have, you know, a nice debate to have. Has, is it the talent or is it the exposure? 888-993-7762. Coming up after the break, our parting shots in the morning drive. Got a couple texts here. Uh, I guess Antonio said uh, – UL. Matthew wants to say, what is UL? Good question. Louisville, right? Yeah. Uh, Richie says, it could be Cam Newton versus a returning Jamarcus Russell. I still ain't choosing Cam. <laughs> uh, uh, Russell says, how about those Hawks? Yes. Yeah, and Richie, of course, uh, threw LSU in the, in the hat whenever we were talking about teams that didn't make the college football playoff that have a chance. But then, of course, he said, not. I don't think there's a good chance of that happening. It also points out the rain delay gave Oregon State an extra day to rest, but also gives Hogs extra rest on arms. Russell, are you screaming conspiracy? Hmm. We are looking forward to the start of the College World Series final tonight. Oregon State and Arkansas. Finally, the finals. We have agreed on way too much this show. Can we talk Matt Canada or something so we can disagree? Ed Ogeron, Chad Morris. Uh, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, what do you have against Lane? It is part of our parting shots.
got it, baby. We got it. We got it. Woo! Congratulations. Uh, um, congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh. Okay. You can have your $500 million jackpot in Powerball or whatever the heck it was, but I'll take this, baby. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted to Malcolm Butler. Butler has it at the one. Malcolm Butler stepping in front of the throw. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. It's gotta be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Oh, again, again, that's a twofer. It's time for two parting shots. Listen to that. Listen to that. Sponsored by no one. Oh, baby. You know, you mentioned Lane Kiffin. We always talk about this being a dangerous time, a dangerous month before the start of NFL training camps with uh, some time off. This is probably a tough time for Lane Kiffin, too. This is when he could probably get into a little trouble. You think? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Tyler says, is it me or is everyone just ignoring the Oregon State pitcher situation under the rug? I don't think so. I think it's been talked about a lot in the front end. Or maybe because of last year that it was such a huge, huge story. It became a huge story again this year because Sports Illustrated. You know? I mean, and and – it was talked about whenever we got like the postseason really ramped up, and whenever College World Series ramped up too, I mean, it was continuously talked about. But I, I feel you, Tyler. A lot of people are kind of over it now. Like they're not. Did you right. read the Sports Illustrated? I didn't. Did you? No, I did not. Well, good, good for us. Did it? I, I, I guess it shed some new light on it, perhaps. I, I don't know. I can't. I think. From what I heard, and I can't speak to this in full confidence because I didn't read it, but from what I heard, it just kind of brought everything back up. I'm sure they dived a little bit deeper because it's Sports Illustrated. But um, that said, you know. I just continue to go back to the point that no Major League Baseball team was willing to roll the dice on this situation. What they know, or perhaps it's the state that we now live in, why they did not pick him. Because, I mean, literally, we're talking about. It's bad PR. Yeah, I understand. And it's it is bad horrible. PR, and that's what people care about the most these days, I'm telling you. And how did Oregon State continue to keep him on the team and part of the program and part of the university? Yeah, that, that's the better question. But, um, you know, and Tyler posed the question here, would he still be a student at Tech if this happened here? I mean, we, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We, we, we can only speculate as far as that goes. Another question is, you know, would this have been as big a story if it was somewhere else, if it was a team that wasn't as good as Oregon State? I don't think that would be the case either. I think it's a big story because they are one of the best teams, and they proved it in this College World Series, and they got a chance to play for uh, a national championship. And I'm glad – I'm honestly glad it's not being talked about as much now because now we can just focus on the two teams. I mean, his teammates don't deserve that. You know what I mean? I mean, how would you feel if you were one of his teammates – and you worked hard, you worked your butt off to get to this stage, and that's all you ha- had to hear about. I'm glad that right now we're talking about a great matchup between two teams that were two of the very best in the country all season long. Uh, Russell says, I looked it up. The president of the school said he has a chance just like everyone else. He has done the probation and is allowed to go to school. We'll see if Russell's uh, tune changes a little bit if he now goes out <laughs> and shuts out the Razorback. Maybe. <laughs> There's a good chance. All right. My part in shot, uh, I have a couple. My part in shot today is I know you saw what Donovan Mitchell rolled up in for the NBA Awards last night. It was a van 
that had rookie question mark on it. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was tremendous. I, I, I've loved everything marketing-wise that he's done. A lot of people have said that it's kind of backfired in his face. Remember the rookie yeah. uh, hoodie and, and all that. And, and it was one of the things was it, it said the definition. And the definition, if you read it correctly, um, it actually bodes in Ben Simmons' uh, argument. It, it actually worked for his argument. But uh, all that stuff aside, I still like the trolling job that he's done. And, and showing up at the NBA Awards in that was pretty dang cool. Now, something that was interesting that, that's been brought up by thecomeback.com you remember Brian Coangelo had the the burner accounts on Twitter. Of course, um, that was a huge story a couple of weeks ago. And in 2017, he kind of called the shot. He said, if he doesn't play this year, he's still eligible for the rookie of the year. What would you do if you were a 20-year-old kid? Which which makes sense. I mean, and, and now to see it actually come to fruition where he was the rookie of the year, it's just kind of funny going back to those burner accounts and seeing what Brian Colangelo was saying back then. I got a text here. Bob wants to know, says, you possibly could not have been watching the pre-awards show. No, but I have social media. <laughs> I didn't even watch the awards You would awards have show. a major problem if you're watching the red carpet <laughs> no. of the NBA draft awards show. I'm sorry. I was not doing that. No. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, I, but like I said, it was all over social media. It was, you know, just like my other parting shot, uh, Bill Russell flipping off Charles Barkley. Now, this was good. Uh, Charles Barkley, I, I think he was presenting the Lifetime Award to uh, the Big O, to, to Oscar Robertson. And, and while he did that, uh, he gave a shout-out to Bill Russell, and the camera pans in on Bill Russell, and he flips off Charles Barkley. Yeah, and nice. he has to come on Twitter afterward and apologize. I didn't realize I was on live television. That's just what he does it's when just, he sees Charles it's Barkley. It's just what comes to mind when I see Charles Barkley, which I guess a lot of people can uh, – can relate to that another pointed out you know when you have the pre-nba award show on you can't watch that over horse racing when it's on at the same time over horse racing <laughs> unless you're gonna say the world cup <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm, now honestly i might would watch that over the world cup oh, sorry sorry man sorry. Tabor, we gotta work on him sorry uh what do you make of a uh, former saint he wasn't a saint very long john dornbos uh, of course, he played 11 years with the Eagles. He gets traded to the Saints, and then when they're going through his physical, uh, they discovered he had a, a heart condition. Basically, some believe might have saved his life because he had what they call life-saving heart uh, surgery after that. Well, Philadelphia, after having him on their team for 11 years, they actually present him and give him a Super Bowl ring. I love it. I mean, that's that's one of those Great stories you love to hear about, and and I, and you do hear those stories a lot. Where, uh, you know, a sports team did a did a physical, and something was discovered that you know the the player just didn't know about. And I, I love to hear those stories. I mean, you, you feel sad for the players because a lot of times that causes them to you know retire early. But I think you'd rather have your life than your career. And the other thing about Dornbos and and the America's Got Talent people out there, fans know this. He is a magician, and he was spectacular on. Show. Some know him as a lo long Are snapper. You? A majority of America knows him as a contestant on America's Got Talent. And he made it all the way to the final. Are you the president of the fan club? America's Got Talent? Yeah. Yeah, it airs tonight, by the way. Is it a season debut or something? No, it's been going on for a few weeks. Now. Oh, yeah, I'll watch it all the time. It's very good, man. Okay. I Maybe take that over the World Cup. World Cups would be delayed. That would be a... 
I'm sorry, soccer fans. They're like, I can't listen to them anymore. <laughs> I've got I've got to cut this out of my morning routine. Mm, yes. So uh, John Dornbosa has a world championship ring, even though he wasn't with the team. Still pretty darn cool. Eagles spreading out the jewelry, giving it to a longtime secretary who'd been with him for what three decades. Gets fired by Chip Kelly. She gets one. Dornbosa gets one. Yeah. So Saints, what's up? Yeah. What? <laughs> why, why can't you give? Could it? they not give Jim Henderson one as yeah. a retirement gift? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. If if these guys are getting rings, come on. Jim Henderson. What do we got going on tomorrow, bud? We need to come up with uh, what we're going to do top ten uh, this week. I, I think that I have a couple of good ideas. You're not crazy about this one, but I think listeners will like it. Top This Is Sports Center commercials, and you could air the audio from it. Hmm. I mean, you're talking about some of the best commercials ever. Come on. Ever? Yeah. Arnold Palmer. The John Clayton segment. Ma, I'm done with my segment. <laughs> that that would be great. Okay, that's one of the options. Another one is top ten NILA college athletes going into 2018. We could do athletes or we could do football players. It's up to, you know, whatever people want. What you think? I almost go with the local angle and, and keep it college, football related. This this is sports center commercials. We're gonna have to get. It's the summer. We're gonna have to get. To what that are we eventually. doing? The sports movies. Give me a little more time. I need to revisit a few more. Oh, so Creed won't be in the top. No, 10. Creed's in there. I just oh. need to make sure. You know, I got my, I got an idea, but you know, your opinions on on things change over time. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. That'll do it for us. But the guys on the edge, they're coming up next. Everybody have a great day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at seven eight. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.